With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Red Sea Podcast, part of the Over the Monster Network. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. And featuring Keaton DeRocher. It's a grand slam. I'm telling you. Welcome back to an emergency edition of the Red Sea Podcast. Uh, we are coming to you today because yesterday the Red Sox finally hired a manager. Uh, they did exactly what we all expected them to do. They hired Alex Cora back. He's coming back to lead the clubhouse. So I am here to talk to you today. It's Matt Collins, and I am with uh, Jake, Jake Devereaux. What's going on, Jake? Not much, man. The the news America has all been waiting for finally came through. Oh man, what time? I mean, I I guess we could start there. Um, <laughs> we we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but it is just the Red Sox reached peak Red Sox with the timing of this announcement coming like minutes after it became clear that Pennsylvania was going to Biden. Um, <laughs> it's just the the news dumpiest news dump of all time. It's almost impressive. 
Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty uh pretty high quality. I gotta say, people at my work were genuinely more excited uh, by the Alex Cora news than they were about anything going on politically. Because I think we're just so exhausted from this constant news cycle. So uh, honestly, the Red Sox I think did people a little bit of a favor today. <laughs> Some people. I I don't know. I don't know that this move is as popular as it seems like it is online but i mean i could be wrong about that but it just seems like i don't know i don't really know what i can't really gauge what the what the actual feeling is versus what the twitter feeling is because i can tell you the twitter feeling is uh yell at anybody who suggests that maybe this isn't 100 percent a good thing yeah, I think Twitter is just such a bad barometer of like how. Oh, it's definitely a bad barometer. Yeah, like general New England, I think most casual Red Sox fans just associate Cora with 2018 and and winning and you know all the good feels that came from that and and competent management and good teams and stuff like that. So that was kind of the sense because I work with a lot of people who are just you know like run of the mill like watch the Sox you know type people not totally into the minutia and they were pumped about it and uh, i i think baseball twitter is obviously always going to be on its high horse about every little freaking thing so um i don't don't think you're gonna like my opinion on any of this then well no i mean mean, it's a valid opinion i'm not saying it's not valid but uh you know i just don't think that it matters outside of uh, our little bubble as much as it seems yeah, I mean, I I guess I could be totally wrong. I just, I mean, the Astros thing was not that long ago. It just feels like so many people were so mad about the Astros thing. It's hard for me to imagine that all of those people, I mean, obviously there's going to be some people that just like brush it aside and don't care, but I feel like some people are mad enough that they would rather the Red Sox go in a different direction. But again, I mean, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't really talk to that many people about baseball outside of uh, what I have to do for a living because I do it all day and I don't really like doing it in my personal life. So I don't have a good gauge (laughs) of what like non-internet people think. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I think that's a, that's a good point. Um, The other thing about the Astros thing is like that happened with the Astros didn't happen with the Sox. So I think that people that know about the Red Sox cheating scandal, the Red Sox version of that know that it was, nowhere close to that type of caliber and also um you know just kind of kind of feel differently about uh alex cora in that you know he just served a year punishment so he he paid for it and uh he's done his time and now he's back so like what do you want the guy not to ever get a job again i mean i mean there's so much there's middle ground there though right i mean i my feeling has always been that even if he wasn't directly involved with the Red Sox stuff and even if he wasn't the mastermind the league tried to paint him out to be with the Astros stuff he was still in a position of leadership with the Red Sox obviously he was the top seat with the Astros he was in the second seat um, and there's some more culpability there to know what's going on with your clubhouse and I think I don't think he should have been banned from baseball forever or anything but I don't think it's unreasonable to think that somebody who has been in a leadership position for two cheating scandals, whether or not, if he didn't know about it, that's almost worse that he doesn't know what's going on in his clubhouse. Um, 
I don't think it's unreasonable to think that somebody in that situation shouldn't immediately go back to the highest job in his profession. I mean, I think he could manage. I wouldn't be against him managing again someday. I just didn't think him or AJ Hinch. I mean, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's just core. I think it, the same for AJ Hinch. I would have rather seen them have to work their way back up the ladder rather than just being handed a job right away. Yeah, that's fair. I guess my, my argument would be that, um, you know, he was like fourth or fifth on the ladder of culpability uh, over at the Astros. You know, there were so many people above him. It seems so much I just meant in the dugout, systemic. but yeah, front office and stuff too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I just don't really know. You know, they could have been pinning that on him. I don't really... I don't really have a great uh, sense of, of what was going on there, but I really just look at what the Red Sox did, and obviously he wasn't punished for what they did, but I just don't really think that what the Red Sox did was a very big deal at all. Uh, and I, I probably won't change my opinion about that. Um, it's just kind of where I'm at. I, I do think the Astros thing was a big deal, and it was shameful, but I, I do serve a year, so it's what, what happened. Yeah, I mean, I. it's hard to kind of, and I don't think I've done a very good job of it, to be fair. It's hard to sort of articulate exactly where I'm at with this, because I definitely, I've made it clear, and I made it clear today, I wish they had gone in a different direction, but I mean, it's a sliding scale. It's not just like a binary opinion. So, like, if we're on a scale of, I don't know, the... Mookie Betts trade or like letting Orsillo go to signing JD Martinez or trading for Chris Sale or whatever. I'm certainly closer to the first part of that scale and on the negative side, but I'm not, I'm certainly not all the way there. I'm not like nude and mad and red online about it. It's just, <laughs> I would, I wish they had gone in a different direction, but I obviously see the benefits to Cora too I think he's I think he's a fantastic manager it has nothing to do with his managing skills yeah I agree with that um the other thing is I think that if the Red Sox had made this hire before AJ Hinch got hired um that I might have felt a little bit differently about it but now that baseball is just kind of resoundingly inviting anybody who was involved in this back to the game I would have been kind of pissed off if AJ had a job next year and Cora didn't have a job. That wouldn't have felt right to me because I still blame A.J. Hinch way more for being the actual manager of that team and not knowing or not caring what was going on. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he's... I guess that's probably fair, but I don't know that the difference is large enough that it would change my opinion on one <clears throat> one guy should have a job over the other. But I, I agree with your overall point that... Um, this to me isn't so much an issue even with the Red Sox as it is just the league as a whole. Um, I kind of, when the punishments came down for the Astros, I don't even, that feels like six years ago, but I guess it, it was actually this year. Um, yeah. It, I was sort of in the minority position that I felt like it wasn't a totally spineless, too low punishment because my assumption which has turned out to be dumb um surprise surprise was that guys like Loonhow and then Hinch and Cora were all gonna be um basically untouchable and they weren't gonna like nobody would hire them ever again never mind the next year so um it's really 
disappointing to me, I guess, that the league is able to just move on this quickly, but I guess at the same time I shouldn't really be surprised by that. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, you know, if if you were looking for the league to act with a conscience uh, in yeah, some, like, strong sense of moral stuff. compass, like, yeah, that's, that's on you, Matt. Uh, yeah. We have a lot of history of the league acting much worse than this, um, so... Um, I guess I'm just not surprised by the behavior of of Manfred <laughs> in in those involved. Yeah, I don't even know that this is a Manfred <clears throat> specific issue. I mean, the punishment was, but just welcoming welcoming them back um, probably would happen, no matter who was commissioner. Yeah. Um, but I mean, look, like I said, I don't want to make this whole podcast just me sad asking about about this because I do. Like I said, I do think he's a great manager, so I think it's worth spending a little bit of time talking about the good parts of this. Um, because, I mean, look, the players were all pulling for this. And, I mean, I think that's the biggest... If you're going to make the argument for making this move, I think that's the clear number one argument is that the players want it. It doesn't matter that the fans want it. It certainly doesn't matter that ownership wanted it. Uh, but the players wanting it is not insignificant. Um, and I mean, I think that's the biggest thing ostensibly that they're going to gain from this is guys like Raphael Devers getting Cora back in the dugout. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> the first thing I thought of um, was actually JD Martinez and Andrew Benintendi in regards to this because those guys still associate um, Cora with you know the the era in which they were dominant or very good baseball players and i think that a guy like cora coming in and and your memories of him if you're one of those two players are of you being successful under that guy i think it's it's very likely that he can help them remember that version of themselves and get back to the routines and kind of help them turn the page on what was a very tumultuous uh 2020 and uh kind of get the best out of them so I'm more confident that Cora can can sort of extract the best out of Benny, JD, and Rafi than I and even Eduardo Rodriguez, health you know considering, uh, than anybody else who could come in and do that with this roster. Yeah, so I <clears throat> I, I don't know that I agree with the Benintendi part, and I've seen some other people bring that up too. Um, but I mean, Benintendi hasn't been very good since like halfway through 2018 um so a year and a half of that is under core so i'm not sure that's not to say i don't think penitenti has any chance of bouncing back or anything like that we've talked about that a bunch over the last few weeks we don't need to go over it again i just don't know that cora specifically um has a ton to do with penitenti i don't think it hurts it probably helps a little bit just because like i said players just love playing for alex cora and that always helps but i think um, I, I don't know that there's all those good memories when Benintendi has struggled a lot under Cora, too. Yeah, I guess I'm just looking at differing degrees of uh, struggling, you know, I mean, last WRC year was, plus versus 43. Yeah, but, I mean, that was also, like, obvious. I'm not going to sit here and say he was anything but terrible in 2020, yeah. but that was also what, like, I don't have it in front of me, but it was like 15 games or something like that. Yeah, no, you're you're right. It was it was negligible. It was 14 games and 52 plate appearances, so it's it's not a lot at all. Um, maybe it doesn't have the same impact with Benintendi, but I just think overall the vibes in the clubhouse with this and the the player reactions on Twitter as soon as it happened, everybody's just really 
excited to invite Cora back in. And, you know, Xander's words on Alex Cora um, when he was dismissed for the first time or sort of stepped away for the first time, uh, he seemed kind of pissed about it. And Xander doesn't usually show a ton of emotion about personnel decisions and stuff like that, but he seemed genuinely upset about that too. So I, I have to imagine that this is a very popular move amongst the players. Yeah, no doubt. And I think you mentioned um, Eduardo Rodriguez. I think he's the guy. He's the guy that I associate the most with sort of Cora getting the most out of guys. I know Devers kind of gets that reputation, and it's not unfounded. He Cora um, has done a lot for Devers. But the way Cora handled Rodriguez, to me sort of defined him as a manager in the way that he I mean he was brutal it was he was not nice about it he attacked maybe attacked is a little too strong but he I mean he went after Rodriguez in the media and that got the most out of him I mean one of the lone bright spots in 2019 was Eduardo Rodriguez and I think Cora's attitude had a lot to do with that um but I don't know that that matters anymore because I just have no idea what to do with Eduardo Rodriguez so um, I mean, that's not the only guy that Cora impacts, but the fact that the guy, at least in my mind, that he impacts the most, um, it might not even matter because of health reasons. Um, it's It dampers it a little for me. Not a ton, but a little bit. Yeah, I guess that question was going to be there no matter who is oh, managing sure. the team. So uh, you may as well have the guy that can extract the best version of Eduardo there in case he is healthy. So. Yeah, I, I I totally get what you're saying about you know feeling better about that if if we knew Rodriguez was healthy. But overall, I I just have to say I'm excited for the type of energy that Cora brings uh, every day and how that can translate to to turning the page uh, from a truly horrendous season. Uh, I just I, think that's awesome. I will say, and I agree that he's better for that sort of thing than Ron Renneke. But I just, just right out of the gate, I kind of want to stop people from making that direct comparison uh, between this year and next year um, because I don't, I don't think anybody could have gotten energy out of this team this year. Between the lack of fans and the fact that they just were terrible and the fact that the world was burning, um, I don't know that... Renick, like I don't know that Cora even would have gotten energy. I think I think this year would have been a disaster no matter what. Yeah, I agree. It was probably the best possible year ever to be suspended. Yeah, which is another <laughs> reason I kind of feel weird about it because he didn't even he missed a fake season. But whatever, we don't have to go back to that. Um, <laughs> so I'm interested in how long of a leash. Not the team, but how long of a leash do you think the fans are going to give him? Because there's a pretty good chance that they're not going to be very good next year. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, um, it's a tough situation to come into. I think it it really depends on the uh, moves that Bloom makes. I think that if Bloom makes win-now moves, I think the clock on Korra starts right away. Um, but I think if Korra goes into this season with a conservative off-season strategy that's sort of playing more into the all right, let's see what we have when Sale comes back. Let's see if Hauk is actually real. Let's see if Eduardo's healthy. Like, if he's more reliant on those types of moves than he is, like, going out and signing Ozuna and trading for a top pitcher or whatever, I think the reactions are going to be very different. So I, I just don't know that don't we can accurately that. gauge uh, what Alex Cora's leash is going to be right now. I think that's accurate rationally um but i don't think that's gonna matter to just the general fan feeling i mean renicky got killed this year with this roster after what they did last offseason i just i just want i just feel like april is going to be huge because there's red sox fans are going to be quick to turn on anybody and i don't think alex cora is immune to that i think if they get off to like a 10 and 20 start or something uh people are gonna start looking at him a little bit differently fairly or not fairly yeah that's fair um it's fair to expect that i guess i should say i don't think it's fair uh that they will do that but i also think that bloom clearly was very interested in other candidates. In particular, it sounds like he was very interested in Sam Fold. So if we get a year into this experiment, or maybe two years into it, it wouldn't surprise me if Bloom is ready to make a move too. Because this is something I've mentioned on the show with Shelley and with Keaton, is that it is kind of odd for Bloom to go, you know, maybe potentially his first like three or four years with the team without ever choosing a guy who was precisely his guy to be the manager. Um, that is kind of weird. And it does seem like he was extremely impressed with Cora, but I do think there is some element of that that was influenced heavily by, you know, his previous relationship with the players and how much Red Sox brass really like Alex Cora. Um, so I think that all factors into it. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> that I, I don't know that I buy that narrative quite, as much i think it's a little overplayed um i think if bloom wanted his own guy he would have gotten his own guy um i think i think one underrated aspect of the bloom era so far has been that he's not taking control and i think that's a good thing he's letting he kept most of the front office intact he didn't clean house and he's i think he has and he's continuing to listen to um the people that have been in the organization for a long time and he's sort of i think he's heard enough good things about alex cora that i i don't think it was ever like a bloom versus ownership thing i don't know that that's totally speculation but i i think it's a little overplayed but i will say we did get a question sort of along the lines of what you are saying a little more conspiratorial um from uh, richard banks uh i'm not gonna read the whole thing it's kind of long but basically what he's saying is that um the expectations for the team are gonna be a little higher with cora than they would be without cora regardless of the roster <clears throat> um 
and there's a good chance that they will not be as good as those expectations. Um, so he's wondering if Bloom's thought if he's doing like a little bit of game theory here in saying that we can let Cora go for a couple of years. And then if things are still bad by the end of 2022, then I could bring my own guy and give myself a little bit of a longer rope kind of implying that the next couple of years are on Cora more so than bloom. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy into that personally. I think that every decision that bloom makes is his own decision. And maybe I said it wrong before. I don't think that, uh, Bloom was kind of strong-armed into this decision from from Red Sox ownership. I do think that they had a preference for him to interview him, but at the end of the day, like it's it's Bloom's job that is on the line. If if Cora doesn't do a good job, and if Bloom doesn't do a good job, so I think they're definitely more in it together. I think he's hitched his wagon to to Cora for better or worse, and I don't actually think it will allow him any more rope if he's not able to build a good team within like say two three years yeah i think i think anybody any front office person who has paid any attention to the madness that has been red sox ownership in relation to their front office people um they would be very dumb to do anything except try to win as much as possible as often as possible because uh there's there's a quick trigger with this yeah. ownership group with respect to GMs and uh, heads of baseball operations. So uh, I, this would not be, this would not be the organization I would be trying those kind of games with. I will say with bloom. Uh, I, I think that his meticulous nature that we've seen and, and you know, granted we haven't seen a, even a full off season from bloom yet. So I'm holding back. Yeah, I don't judgment. think we actually know anything about Heim bloom yet. I think we know a little about Heim bloom. I think we know that he, takes a while to consider the possibilities. Uh, I think he has a bit more Charrington in him than he does Dombrowski, but I'm not, I'm still like not sure if he has that decisive bone in his body the same way that like Theo did. Theo seemed to be a great mix of both of those personalities and and I'm hoping that that's Bloom, but I I think we've really seen more of the Charrington side than, than the Dombo side so far. I think that's also the circumstances too. I agree. Totally agree. Like, There's I, no reason to push chips right now. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I don't even know if Dombrowski was still here. I don't know if things would have been all that much differently. Yeah, maybe not. Well, he probably wouldn't have made the Seabold deal because that seems too nuanced. I don't think I agree with that, but we don't need to go down that road. <laughs> um, I just don't know that it was all that nuanced. Um, what do... I'm just trying to find another question here. Uh, oh, so we should probably talk about the bench coach before we get out of here. Um, that's So that's the only opening on the coaching staff right now. They kept everybody else except for the bullpen coach, I believe. Um, so Adam Curran is wondering if uh, you think that fold would be an option for the bench coach opening. I think it's interesting, but I don't know that Cora and fold have any sort of previous relationship. Uh, so my they, guess would be no. Fold played for the Rays, didn't he? Yes. He did. Yeah, so I, there's, I think there's some relationship there. Um, but I would agree that he's not going to take this bench coach job. Um, well, like, the relationship is more with Cora than it is with Bloom that would matter, right? Really? Oh, yeah, I thought you had said Bloom. Oh, no, no. With, with, with Cora in particular, like, Cora oh, wants he... a guy that he trusts, not some guy that Bloom likes as his bench coach. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know that Cora. I mean, for all I know that they have spoken. I mean, I think they played around the same time. I'm sure they're familiar with each other. Um, but I don't know that Fold, Fold would want this job. Um, I feel like he, if you don't get the manager job, just stick with where you are. He's been getting interviews every year. Um, I don't know that going to be a bench coach on a team that might win 85 games as like a ceiling right now is like a great career option. Especially because if things go bad, you're probably not replacing Cora. They're just going to totally clean house. Yeah, I think the move here is pretty clear. I think the bench coach needs to be Julian Tavares. <laughs> I would disagree. Um, I, I do think it's going to be... I think it's going to be Ron Reineke. Uh, Sleepy Ron, huh? Yeah, I, I don't love that characterization. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Reineke kind of implied earlier in the year, like when they asked him about future plans, um, he basically said he would only come back to something less for a manager to work with Cora again. He didn't say that in so many words. I don't have the exact quote. That was sort of the implication of what he was saying. Um, and they kept... It just seems like they're running back 2018 and 2019. Yeah, I I would be shocked if it was Renicky. I just think there's too much association with Renicky in this bad year uh, to bring him back. And they brought back every other coach. Yeah, but like Renicky was the face of this this year. In my, I opinion. don't think I agree with that. Well, I think it's a weird yeah, characterization but... of this year. I I think that. Renicky's characteristic lack of urgency rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. If anything, I would say probably the ownership is the face of this season. Yeah, maybe would be my impression. But I think I mean I think Cora and Renicky they are an unlikely duo, but they uh, they like each other. They work well together. Yeah, they do. Um, they've had a lot of success in the past. I just I kind of expect some. Someone else, if I'm Ron, I just probably want a vacation as well. It's uh, been quite a year. I'm, I'm sure that it wasn't an easy managerial job this season with all the churn that they had. So, Oh, I mean, it, he had, he was sort of outspoken about some of the things, not even with the roster. I mean, the guy didn't see his family for months. It was, yeah. it was a tough situation. Um, but I don't know. I don't think he would want to go on a vacation. The dude's been in baseball for like 80 years. What about At a certain Veritech? point, that's just what you do. What about getting Veritech some bench coach experience? Hey, I, I would, I don't even know that Renicky would be my first choice. To be honest, I don't have a first choice. We're talking about a bench coach here. Um, I didn't know what a bench coach did until I was like seventeen years old. But yeah, I mean Veritech. I've seen uh, Fabulous's name thrown out there. Um, whatever, man. I don't really care. They write lineup cards, right? That's what they do. Uh, Jerry Naren, actually, bring back Jerry Naren just for that. That dude had like that crazy handwriting. I forgot he about did. that. Um, so one last question before we get out of here. Um, I don't really even know that we should entertain the actual question, but I think it's an interesting point. Uh, get on basis shouldn't Cora be judged on 2019, not 2018. Um, I mean, I think that's ridiculous, but I also think it also feels like people are judging him on 2018 and not 2019. And that 2019 kind of gets thrown under the rug. Half of Cora's seasons have been disappointing. I think that's a point worth thinking about. Well, I mean, 2019 was also hurt sale year as well. So, 
There's a lot of factors that go into For sure, all this stuff. 2018 was also a loaded roster. Yeah. I think the main takeaway is probably that the manager doesn't matter that much. But I don't know, man. 20, 2019, Erod had a great year. Devers had a fantastic year. Mookie still played well. JG still had a good year. Like... There was a lot of really good stuff happening on that roster. The biggest thing that they didn't have was a frontline guy, and they had a weak bullpen. So I don't know how much of that is really Cora's fault that Sale got hurt and that his bullpen sucked. I think he could put some of the bullpen on him. I think he managed the bullpen pretty poorly early on in that season. I agree. I remember talking to you about the bullpen Destroyed every Matt day. Barnes. It was Matt Barnes in a high leverage situation. Yeah. But by yeah. the end of that season, though, remember how Workman good Workman was yeah. for yeah. the stretch. Yeah, and look, I think I I just my feeling is just that 2019 is a little bit forgotten, and so I just wanted to bring it up really quickly. But I do, yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, I think Core is a really good manager. My issues with the hiring and i guess this will be my last thought on this my issues with the hiring is not really about cora it's not even really just about the red sox it's just the entire situation makes me uncomfortable and the difference to me between cora and fill in the blank with sam fold or um james rousen who i believe was ended up being the third place candidate or whoever else i don't think is that big that i would feel the need to make this hire Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess I I will say my closing thoughts on it are just um I'm happy he's back and I think that all these candidates that they brought in were very similar to Coral in that regard. Um so I think that any of those guys that you mentioned, you know, Sam Fold or, or Rousen would have been good candidates too, but uh at the end of the day I'm very happy that Cora's back. All right. Well I think that is a good place to end it. So, uh, I guess I have to end this like a normal podcast, huh? Uh, you can, uh, follow us on Twitter. I run the over the monster account at over the monster. Jake is at dev Jake. You can and should, and are legally obligated to give us five stars and leave us nice reviews and tell people about us and subscribe to us. Uh, you are not legally obliged to read OverTheMonster.com, but I would be very happy if you did because I would like to keep the job. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Anything else? That's it. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>